So this whole setup is supposed to remind you of that time you went on a hayride and then afterward you got to sit around the bonfire and drink apple cider and roast marshmallows. I, I think they captured it perfectly. Like this is exactly like the one I went to. So good job, uh, Beth and Luke. I love this time of year. I know it's not supposed to be popular with churches and the pastor's not supposed to like it very much, but I can't help it. I do. Um, I really, really do. I love the jack-o'-lanterns. Thanks for the folks who brought those jack-o'-lanterns. They look great. Let's get one up here. Um, And I love the scary stories. I like all of it. When I was in first grade, we... uh, my next door neighbor had an album called Spooky Scary Stories. It was like a 33 vinyl and uh, it was just full of ghost stories. I would go over and listen to that over and over and over again until I memorized all the ghost stories on the album. And uh, those are actually the ghost stories I would tell my kids, the ones that I memorized when I was in first grade. My favorite one, their favorite one to hear was Who's Got My Skinny Toe? Which sounds like a really harmless, fun ghost story, except when I'd tell it, it sounded like, Who's got my skinny toe? They would cry when they heard that almost. (laughs) But they would ask to hear it again the next day. They just couldn't get enough of that story. Uh, The sad thing is, is that sometimes I think that God is like that. For folks, a scary story that almost makes them cry, and yet they keep coming back for more. Like they can't get enough of it. I met a gal a couple years ago, and she was suffering horribly from a lot of different health issues. And she told me, I know that God is punishing me. And I said, What, what is God punishing you for? And she said, years ago, I had an abortion. And now I know that he's punishing me for the rest of my life. I had another gal stop, stop me just outside my office many years ago. She, it had just been a week since she lost her husband. And she said, Pastor, do you think that God took my husband because we haven't been coming to church much this summer? Scary, horrible stories. And yet they come back to church over and over again, wondering if this might be the type of God that they're coming before. This is not new. Jesus encountered scary stories like this. One of them from his own disciples. In John chapter 9, Jesus is walking down the road and they pass a man, a beggar, And he's blind, and he's been blind since he was born. And the disciples have a scary story. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? They say, we know there's a scary story here. Either, either, This man, God knew he was going to sin, so he struck him blind before he was even born for it. Or his parents did something, and God's punishment to them is to make their child blind for the rest of his life, so that as an adult, even, he has to beg on the street. So we know it's a scary story, Jesus. Just tell us which one of those scary stories is it. We fall into these traps. 
where we think, um, if I make good choices, then life will turn out good. And if I make bad choices, then life will turn out bad. So if things are going good for you, you must have done everything pretty right. And if things are going bad for you, then you must have made a big mistake. Now, there's a certain amount of truth and consequences. You know, if I don't study, I will probably fail the test, those sorts of things. But you know from your own lives, that's not really how the world works. I mean, we all have someone in our family who's really, really trashy and usually does the wrong thing. And yet, they have beautiful children and they get some financial breaks along the way and things are are pretty good considering the fact they almost never do the right thing. And you also have that person in your own family who is just a dear saint of God, just a, a kind person, and yet they suffer so unfairly with some health or disability or poverty or they just can't catch a break or just always one catastrophe after another. And there's no reason for it. You know this, this, this scary story about God just isn't true. See, bad things happen. The Proverbs say the rain falls on the rich and the poor, the high and the low, the good and the bad alike. Bad things happen. That's just the world that we live in. What our God specializes in is when he can bring good from those stories and when his glory can be shown from those stories. That's why so many of us, myself included, we have stories, right, from our past, from our childhood. We think, and, we, and you say it, right? You say it with me. Um, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. But I'm not sure I would change it either because it made me who I am. I've seen the glory of God in it. Now I have some stuff that has happened in the last few years that right now I'm in the mood to change and I haven't exactly seen the good from it and I haven't seen God's glory in it. And that's why when we sing that worship song earlier, uh, even when the darkness closes in, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. I just have to proclaim that. I don't really see it, and it's not really here, and I don't know how that it's all going to turn out. Maybe you don't either. But I know who God is. And I know he's not like those scary stories. That's what Jesus said anyway. Jesus says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. God's not like that. God's not like that. There is a funk right now around our faith. I don't know if you're feeling it. I don't know if it's in everywhere in the world. I don't go everywhere in the world, but it's strong in this country. There is a, an ominous something. Have you felt it? Around our faith. I am meeting now someone every other week who's telling me I'm flirting with atheism. I'm deconstructing my faith. And I ask, okay, why is that? And every one of them tells me something a false teacher said or did. I'm talking about the kind of preachers who say, yeah, God is like that. If, if you had an abortion 20 years ago, God absolutely would afflict you with pain and suffering for the rest of your life and your repentance doesn't matter to him. 
Yeah, God absolutely would kill your husband because you spent too much time at the lake house last summer. Definitely. And God has hate for all sorts of people. This is false teaching. All of you who became Christian before the year 2000, can you remember with me? Remember with, do you guys remember or I'd make this up? That there was a time in the church when we would preach, don't get excited about human leaders. They're just sinful humans. They come and go. Our God reigns. Do you remember when we used to say this stuff in church? I didn't make this up, right? I don't think we preached. I don't know that this gets preached everywhere anymore. I think a lot of folks now preach, even so, we want a king. Now read your Old Testament again. That's not the verse you're supposed to be preaching from. So I ask folks, but when have you ever heard that here at Lakeland? And they all say the same thing. Oh no, Lakeland's great. This has been a great community. I feel safe here. This is good stuff, but... Church is just so bad as a whole. I just don't want to be a part of any church. That's really hard to hear. To me, that feels like my daughter just came home from Thanksgiving. and This didn't happen. I'm saying if this happened. This feels like if my daughter came home for Thanksgiving and she said, Mom, Dad, I'm not coming home for Christmas. You're not going to see me anymore. I'm leaving this family. This is it. May you love me. But what went wrong? What did we do? She said, no, you were fine. You raised me well. You took care of me. You loved me. But I go online, I get on social media, and I just see uh, other families who abandon their children, other families who abuse their children, other families who do terrible things to their kids. And I just don't want to be a part of any family if that's how family is. And she's gone, and we never see her again. And I spend the rest of my life wondering, who did she do that for? Whose acceptance mattered enough to her to do that? To leave us her good family? And though there won't be an answer. We get to be a part of what Jesus did, saying God's not like that. And I don't care if we're the only church left saying it. I don't think we are. But if we were, I would still say it. God's not like that. God is like Jesus. God has always been like Jesus. When this world is blind and looking for truth, begging on the street for some truth, one day, unexpectedly, God is passing by. Just like Jesus passed by and said, we must quickly carry out the tasks assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I'm here in the world, I am the light of the world. God's not like those scary stories. God's like what you're about to see right here on this street, Jesus says. He who has seen me has seen the Father. God's not striking people ill for sins they've repented of. He's not striking people because of things their parents did. He's not killing spouses because you didn't go to church enough last summer. He's not like that. He's like this. We, the church, get to be a part of telling that story, if we'll tell it. We're kind of sitting in the midst of it, you know, here on Halloween. The name comes from Christianity, you know. 
All Saints Day uh, was called All Hallows. So the day before was Hallows Eve, Halloween. Because when the church showed up among the Celts in the 5th century, they found them celebrating this festival called Samhain. Now, I know in Halloween 2 and some heavy metal albums, they say Sam Hain, but that's not actually how that word's pronounced. It's pronounced Samhain. Um, and, and they were lighting bonfires because as the, as, the, as the Celtic sun got low in the sky, and it gets low in the sky that time of year, they believed if they didn't send sparks up into the sun, it would die out and they would uh, freeze to death in darkness. Um, they believed that uh, their relatives who had passed were now ghosts haunting the moors and the woodlands around them and that they would try to creep back into their house and haunt them all winter to stay warm if they didn't put on masks and have parades through the village streets to scare them all back out into the woods where your dead relatives belong. And the church came and said, no, God's not like that. God's not like that. And so the bishop Uh, wrote to the Pope and he said, I would like permission to move All Saints Day. I want to move it from May to November 1st, at least here among the Celts, because they've been celebrating this festival of the dead thing for a long time and they're going to keep celebrating. I don't want to take all their holidays away, but they need a new reason to celebrate. They need to know that those who have passed are not scratching around in the cold all winter. They, you, when you pass in Christ, you go to the throne of God and there praise him and pray for us and cheer us on, as it says in Hebrews. They become part of that cloud of witnesses until we join them and they're there to embrace us or until Christ returns and establishes his kingdom here on earth with an eternal sun that God keeps burning. And the Pope said, yeah, that sounds great, do that. And so they moved All Saints Day, All Hallows, to November 1st, the night before, All Hallows Eve. Now, a lot of folks will say, oh, well, we've lost it, though. I mean, look how it's celebrated scary movies and gory costumes and, you know, looks pretty pagan. I I can't disagree with that. But did we lose? Because anyone gathered around these fire pits for anything now other than fellowship? Does anyone really believe that this is required to keep the sun alight because no one's taking care of us? And we're about to have all the kids go out in the parking lot with masks and and get candy and such, but do any of them think that they're scaring their dead relatives back out into the moor? Do they even believe that's where people go when they die, or do they have a better story than that? Maybe we did better than we thought with the All Hallows' Eve. Think it over. This is a good time um, to tell stories about those who have come before. Tomorrow's All Saints' Day. So my house is all decorated because I like this stuff, but I'll take it all down tomorrow. And it's All Saints' Day, and it's a good day to tell stories about those who have gone before us in faith. You know, you could use me as an excuse as you're driving to soccer tomorrow or, or taking down your inflatable tarantula or whatever you're doing. He said, you know, pastor was talking yesterday at All Saints Day, and that made me think about your grandma who uh, taught me how to pray. That made me think about my mom who used to get up and make sure that we all went to church on Sunday. Made me think about my best friend in college who told me about Jesus. It's a good day to tell a good story about someone who's gone before us into faith. Remember what this is all really about. And that we serve this Christ who wants to come and tell the world God's not like that. He's like this. 
Then he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself from the pool of Siloam. Siloam means scent. So the man went, and he washed, and he came back seeing. Jesus says, well, I'm in the world. I'm a light to the world. You had a scary story, but I'm showing you now God's glory will live on in this man's story forever. Maybe tomorrow will be a good day to uh, tell a story about a time that you were blind. And then Jesus passed by and you could see. It's all Saints Day. Do you care if I go first? I'll, uh, I'll tell you about Carol. Carol's my mother-in-law. We, we lost her in May. Uh, Carol used to call me. Not often, just this happened like three times, maybe two, but three times, I think. And she would say, I'd like to come over and talk to you for just a minute. I'll only be there a minute. Could I come over? She asked permission. Such a strange thing, really. She could just drop by. So I would say, okay. And she'd come by and she would just stay on the porch. Or if it was cold outside, she might come in, but only to the top of the stairs. She didn't make herself comfortable. And she would say, I was praying. And I feel like I have a word from the Lord to share with you. And I'd like to share it. And then she would share this word that she got from the Lord in prayer. And it was very brief. And then she said, that's all I came for. And she would go. My mother-in-law never said anything briefly. That's how I knew it was God. She got a wrong number once and talked to the person for half an hour. That's a true story. But this was different. Now, sometimes I'd say, wait, 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 stay for a second. Because at least one of the occasions, and I think two, what she shared was something I was really struggling with and really worried about and that I had not told her. But I believe God used her to get a word to me who was too distressed to hear. And she would get those words kneeling beside her bed with an open Bible where she says God taught her the faith. So now she sits stands, hands raised, I'm sure, praising around the throne of Jesus. She'll be there to embrace us when we rejoin or when Christ returns. But in the meantime, I have started kneeling beside my bed with the prayer list out, hoping that God might give me a word. Tomorrow's a good day to tell your story to your children, your grandchildren, your nieces and nephews, or your friends. It's a good day to tell the stories about those who have gone before. Remember that God's not like all this garbage that we're seeing right now that's driving people from the faith. God is like Jesus, and he has always been like Jesus, the light of the world. And even if you're the last person on earth to say that, it's the true teaching. Say it. Let's go to the Lord's table where we see another picture of who our God is, if the servers want to come forward. Remember, even on the night he was betrayed, Jesus said, 
This bread is my body broken for you. Take and eat it in remembrance of me. And then he took a cup and he gave thanks and he blessed it. He said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant. Pour it out for the forgiveness of sin. This is who God is. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you remember my death till I eat and drink it with you and my father's kingdom there with all the saints gathered. Amen.